0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. Before this pandemic, many people in Detroit were living with no water, something that many critics and activists say should be a human right. As COVID-19 ramped up in this region earlier this month, Mayor Mike Duggan and the Detroit Water and Sewage Department announced that those people could have their water turned back on for the duration of the pandemic. But with water being turned back on come the consequences of long-term shutoffs, which can pose water quality problems in those households when the water is restored. Here to talk to us more about how water shutoffs fit into the context of this pandemic is Elin Batonzo, the founder of Safe Water Engineering. Elin, welcome back to Detroit Today. You there, Elin? I am. (laughs) Okay. It's great to hear from you um uh let's start with just you talking about what are shut-ups i've I've uh, follow you on social media and I've seen you in the last week or so say a, a number of things about the way this policy uh, endangers public health in the first place and I think before we get to this idea of turning people back on because of the pandemic we probably ought to spend some time just talking about the public health imp- implications of a policy that says we are going to cut water off from people and families who live in the city.
1: Yes. So when, when people's water gets shut off, they can no longer wash their hands, they can't clean their homes, they cannot shower, cannot flush the toilet, they do not have safe drinking water. And so that creates challenges on all aspects of life. Uh, So it's no small thing to have your water shut off. And when people's water does get shut off, it's usually when people are already in crisis. They're already dealing with, you know, job loss or maybe they're sick. Maybe there's a family member who's sick. So this is just compounding other crises in their lives and making everything harder. And it gets really overwhelming to overcome. And now you just don't have basic sanitation, So in this current crisis with um, the COVID-19, you know, potentially everywhere, not being able to take care of yourself is it's a huge deal. And it's you're exposing your own family as well as the other people you're interacting with.
0: Yeah. Um, So as we move through the idea of turning people's water back on, which seems like the right thing to do because of because of the pandemic it's not as easy as just flipping a switch and then saying, well, everything is solved. There are a number of issues that then also arise.
1: Right, exactly. So if you remember the stories when Homerick uh, was turning off the water, you just you go down the street, just turn the valve. That's all you got to do to turn it off. But when a water shutoff is, lasts for an extended period, which it has for many, many of these homes in Detroit, It's not so simple to just turn it on uh, because you, if you've got the water sitting in the pipes, if you haven't drained it, if you haven't maintained it properly, and these are families in crisis, they're not thinking about the quality of their plumbing during their shutoff. They're just trying to get by. So now you've got you've either got water that's been sitting in those pipes that whole time or it's been drained or maybe the pipes have frozen and burst during that time. So there can be major plumbing repairs that are needed. So that's really slowing things down right now. Um, and it, it, so it's you know, you can't, you cannot go down the street and just turn on all the water because then you're gonna have flooded homes and a lot of bigger problems there. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also those water quality issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about this idea of just having somebody go turn the water on. You do need a plumber, uh, somebody who understands how the water system works and all that sort of thing to to do that.
1: Yeah, and so one of the critical steps that the water department is doing is they, they have to get in the house to make sure that the plumbing is connected, that the water will flow to the tap and it will drain out because if the plumbing on either side has... Deteriorated, then it's no no gift to that family to turn the water on there. So they do absolutely have to get into every home before they turn on the water. And that's that's another issue for some residents. There's you know trust issues and uh, discomfort with letting uh, somebody into their home to to do that work.
0: Yeah. Uh, What about going forward? This idea of we're going to shut the water off. We'll turn it back on during a pandemic, but you, on the back side, you could see people lose water again. Uh, it, it seems like this should be inspiring a conversation about the wisdom of this policy approach in the first place. Uh, th- this is not something that's universally done in American cities. It is done here uh, in Detroit. But talk about that, that sort of public health imperative with uh, the idea of giving people water now and then pulling it back after we decide that somehow the threat of this pandemic has passed.
1: Well, our need for water to survive is never going to go away. And I do think this pandemic demonstrates how critical water service is. When the governor, you know, sends out every single email, wash your hands. I get, I get, you know, a message from her every day that says, wash your hands. And and we can't. And that's, that wasn't anything special. I mean, we should have always been washing our hands when people can't do that in their home. Um, then, you know, they really can't participate in society with the, you know, they, they're just not, they don't have equal access to uh, the public health protection, and they, they need that. Mm. But further, when you talk about shutoffs, I think one thing we don't realize is the impact that the shutoff has on long-term water quality in a home. Mm. When you shut the water off and it stops, moving then corrosion control stops working then you've got a lead problem in that house then if you've got if you've got a lukewarm hot water tank there um, it's collecting sediment it's it'll clog your valves but it's also going to be releasing metals into your water it could be growing Legionella and other bacteria so every time you stop the water you're starting this you know science experiment in your pipes and this isn't water that anybody should be drinking or showering, and it takes, once once the water gets started, they need to do a really um, organized set of flushing steps. Uh, the Detroit Water and Sewage Department is giving out guidance on how to flush the service line. You also have to flush the household plumbing. You have to deal with that hot water tank, and for most long-term shutoffs, that's going to require on-site assistance with a plumber because, you know, those are big and uh, Big things to deal with, and just a whole host of water quality yeah, issues.
0: Yeah, within. and and in some cases, as you point out earlier, uh, uh, the, the poverty that people are experiencing that leads them to water shutoffs in the first place, uh, their suspicion perhaps of government officials and and of government generally makes all of that harder. All of all of the things that need to be done inside the home, for instance, uh, uh, you know, you've got to let somebody in to to, to do that, and and that becomes uh, a real challenge. Uh, my guest is exactly. yeah my guest is Elam Batonzo, founder of Safe Water Engineering. We are talking about the water shutoffs in Detroit and how they will change now that there is a pandemic. Uh, the Detroit uh, Water and Sewage Department has decided that people who've had their water shut off can have it restored at least during the pandemic. If you want to join the conversa- conversation, give us a call. Tell us whether you've gotten your water turned back on as a result. Of this decision by the city? Or have you used it yet? What do you think of the services being restored and then potentially being taken away after this pandemic? Uh, also, call and uh, uh, tell us what you think of the idea of water shutoffs more generally. Should we be thinking of a better way? To make sure that uh, the Water and Sewage Department has the money that it needs to operate. As always, uh, the number on the phones here is 313 577 1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Elon, uh, our listeners may know you from your other. Appearances here on on Detroit Today, uh, but but also because uh, you were the person who first alerted, alerted uh, Dr. Monahanna Atisha to the idea that the Flint water crisis uh, was probably something that we needed to be paying attention to, and that uh, lots the the people in Flint were were being exposed. Uh, to lead and other contaminants uh, in the water. I wonder if you can compare uh, the Flint water crisis and the things that happened there uh, to what we're facing here now because of this pandemic. It seems like the potential is much, much worse for disaster to, to, to unfold because of either people not having water flowing to their homes or Having water restored and not being able to, to to make sure that it runs clean through clean pipes and a clean faucet uh, for clean use. Yeah,
1: well, both of these situations are you know human made situations. Um, nobody had to change. water source in flint and nobody had to shut off the water where there was uh, perfectly safe water being provided to homes Um, their community groups in detroit have proposed water affordability plans Uh, detroit has not uh, implemented those there are a variety of strategies uh, that can be used uh, to deal with this that don't involve shutoffs oakland county um, says that they don't do any water shutoffs in oakland county so very nearby there are other strategies that are being used to deal with this issue yeah. um but you know the shutoffs are also very much an issue in flint they were an issue you know before during and currently with the you know ongoing work with the flint water crisis in flint because it's what although the the peak of that problem is passed it's uh, not completely resolved yet there in Flint either. So there, there's some estimates that there are many as 5,000 homes in Flint that do not have access to water right now. And there mm-hmm. are community groups there who are working desperately to get water restored and emergency water delivered there. Because you know at this point, you know as I said, the process of getting the water turned on, it's slow and it needs to be delivered. It needs to be done carefully so you're not creating more problems for the people in that home. So at this point, you know, getting emergency water delivery out to, to these homes, to these communities that are deeply impacted by the shutoff, that's the way right now to deal with this immediate crisis. Yeah. Uh,
0: what about when the crisis is over, uh, the infrastructure issues that we have in the city of Detroit, which go far beyond the people who've had water shut off and reach into people's homes who, who have water normally, uh, this seems to, again— highlight the urgency with which we need to be acting to make sure that that water can flow cleanly to to everybody's home that we've had some changes in the regulations that are inspiring that, but uh, we are moving pretty slowly. It seems uh, in some cases to, to get all of that done.
1: Right. We definitely need more investment in our water infrastructure. We've been uh, disinvesting for, for many years and, you know, Detroit just hasn't um, had the money to work on that, they've uh, the new, uh, the way the Great Lakes Water Authority is set up, they do have more money to do that right now. But the needs are so great that it's, you know, they're playing catch up, um, working hard to renew the water infrastructure. There's a lot of work to be done. We know there's a lot of lead service lines to be replaced, and you know that takes investment. So. Um, we need to work on finding additional funding. Hopefully there'll be some federal uh, investment in that infrastructure to help improve that. But there's such a huge need, uh, especially in
0: Detroit. Yeah. And, and those new regulations call for all of those lead pipes to be replaced by what date again?
1: Yeah. Um, so Detroit is uh, required by the Michigan lead and copper rule to get all the lead service lines removed uh, by uh, 2041. And, uh, so we've got about 20 years to do that work. Uh, right now, Detroit estimates that they have around 80,000 lead service lines. They've been working on improving their estimates there. But that's it's still a lot of lead pipes. It's going to take a lot of investment. And you know, they've got great plans to do that work, but it's it's the funding. And they're you know concerned about the impact on rates. So really looking towards external funding sources to cover that to get it done because they – Recognize the, the water quality impacts there and the impact it has on the Detroit community.
0: Okay, Elin Batonzo, founder of Safe Water Engineering. Always great to talk with you here on Detroit Today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, Thanks for being here. It's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. We're going to talk with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, and we'll talk with Abdul El-Sayed about his new book, Healing Politics. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.